This is Haystack Help Radio on KLZ 560. Haystack Help Radio is powered by HaystackHelp.com. Finding help can be like finding a needle in a haystack. But with HaystackHelp.com, finding the needle just got easier. Now, Haystack Help Radio with Scott Watley on KLZ 560. Good afternoon and welcome to Haystack Help Radio. Thank you so much for being with us today, a special edition of Your Money Matters. Our good friend Kurt Rogers, owner of Affordable Interest Mortgage, sponsor for our show, with us in studio as well. Kurt, how are you? I'm doing just fine. Another beautiful day. We had a great weekend, you know, 70s and 80s. Now we're back into the 90s. Yep. It is gorgeous outside. This is Colorado. That's why we live here. Well, today our title of our show really fits our topic. Couple's money, and it's not yours and mine. And it's not. We're not talking about our money. I know we're a couple, but we're not that kind of Exactly. So, but before we get to our special guest today, uh, let's talk a little bit about mortgages. And, uh, you know, I hear you talk about reasons that people are afraid to purchase right now. Can there, you tell there, us a few of those fears that are out there? There are actually about five. Uh, the first one is that people, 37% of the people believe that the housing values will decrease. They're kind of thinking that they'll drop down like in 2008. Well, the economy is a whole lot different now than it was then as far as that's going. And that that boom, that crash that we had back then was kind of self-inflicted. With the new regulations, you've kind of prevented that. Homes have been appreciating in Colorado at anywhere from 9 to 11%. Even if they settle at 5% or they go to zero, you're still, when you're making a mortgage payment, you're paying the home off with your payment, unlike a rental, so you're building equity. So even if there's no appreciation, you're still getting value in your home because some of the money you're spending is working. Mm-hmm. The second biggest fear is that people say, well, what if we lose our job? And I actually had a customer call because they had listened to the show and asked me that question. And I said, well, first of all, look back. When was the last time you lost your job and how long had you lost your job? I said, boy, what is it two weeks, 30 days, 60 days? I said, in the case of you lose your job for six months or a year, like what happened last time, I said, there's ways to take care of that now that most people weren't aware of that you can do. One of those ways, and I've talked about this many times, called being mortgage safe. And the way to become mortgages safe is with homes appreciating as much as they are now, there's a way to go out and get a second mortgage, a small home equity line of credit, $20,000, $30,000, $40,000. Just get it. It's nominal cost to buy. It's like $500, and you're done. But now what happens if you lose your job or there's an emergency, you got this little fund over here that you're not touching your 401K or your IRA or your checking or your savings account, and you're worried about making the payments. If you own a home, you can do that. If you're renting, you can't. Mm-hmm. And even if you lose your job, you've got to find someplace to live. Sure. So you're going to find something to give you a little bit of money. If you're mortgage safe, you can protect even that one from happening, but you can't if you rent. Again, you can call Kurt and his team. They will be glad to help you out. 720-895-0500. 720-895-0500. And you can check out their website, AIMortgage.net. Well, as I mentioned, our show today, Your Money Matters. Uh, glad to have back in studio uh, Chris Felton. And this time, brought his lovely wife, Marlo. The boss. So, so <laughs> That's right. We, now, we heard Chris's side of this whole thing one no, time. So it's better when you hear my uh, side. Don't, don't, think, don't tell my side. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're looking forward to hearing uh, your side. But seriously, great to have you guys in. Thank you. So, um, I tell you, I don't, Kurt, I don't know if there's a more sensitive subject with couples. Right. 
than what we're going to talk about today. I mean, this kind of, it's, it's, and I think in your book, you talk about what 60 plus percent of divorces are caused by financial issues. And you bring, you know, when I started reading your book, I'm like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's her. And I, we started going back and forth and my wife and I have talked about this. Like, it's amazing. We don't think about this because as adults, we think we know, but when you get married, you're like, I really don't know. So because you're, you're first time on the show, Marlo, could you kind of give us a little bit of background about Give us the true experience. background. Yeah. Not no, this is a clean <laughs> show. I can't. Uh, so give us a little background story here. So Chris and I met in the financial services industry. So we've been in, I've been in the financial services industry for fifth, almost 15 years. And he started about 19 years uh, ago. And so we met in the industry and we had this merging of our businesses he calls a merger and i call it a hostile takeover (laughs) (laughs) from her end Uh, but she was hostile we were madly in love and everything was was great and we never had a money conversation um, which is incredibly stupid we we know that now right hindsight is 2020 and you know i had made some major assumptions about chris because he's a former cpa he's in the financial services industry certainly he has Everything going on financially. He has his ducks in a row. Supposed to. No. <laughs> I'm like, well, good thing he's cute and funny because he he was uh, he I was this face close. Face for radio, right? <laughs> he has a face for, <laughs> a face for radio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were we were at our wits' end, and I the first year of our marriage was really the the most stressful, and we had a ton of financial stress and I just was letting it build up and build up and build up and build up. And really it, it all came to a head one night when my lovely husband came to me with a surprise expense. Did you tell them about this surprise yep, expense? He did. He, he yep. was he was an open book. He was very transparent. He, was he told you where, what the money was for? Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So ladies, let me just tell you this. When your new husband comes to you and asks you to borrow money to pay his ex-wife, what do you do? <laughs> you lose it. So here I had been volcanic. Hold, I had been holding all of this um, inside, and it had been festering. And then one night, Chris comes to me and says, Honey, I, we hadn't mer- merged our finances quite yet, so he knew I still had a little stash <laughs> set aside. And I had it earmarked to go buy a new suit and some shoes and stuff like that. So I was hopping mad, and I completely lost it. I wasn't really sure how else to respond. I had had it, and so I threw my purse at him. And <laughs> He did leave that out. She's a bad aim, man. Like, her hand-eye coordination's... Exactly. So fortunate for him, I'm a bad aim. So I threw it at him. I missed it. Had to go pick it up, throw it at him again. Throw, pick it up. So I basically I'm having a temper tantrum with my purse <laughs> because I kept missing him. And I just felt like I really had to hit him with my purse. And then, you know, I'm blinded by this, you know, whirlwind of frustration and anger. And then all of a sudden, Chris asked me this question that completely transformed our lives. And, and every time I say it, I it, it makes me choked up because it, it really made me think it think of things differently and that question was well why are we still married so i had this long list of why i was mad at chris felton in that moment it was it was a lot of things 
I had to come up with a new list. And I had to come up with a why I married Chris Felton list. I had forgotten about that. And that's when we really, I'll speak for myself, I realized that wealth was built from the inside out. And I will tell you, wealth is built from the inside out because we were focused on all these external things. And in that moment, I realized that I had to shift my thinking. And once we did that, we got on the same page because I had a choice in that moment. I could either stay married to Chris Felton and yes, give him the money to pay his ex-wife because we were either in it together or we weren't. And if we weren't, that meant we were no longer together. And I was unwilling, I was unwilling to be without all this hotness that's sitting here next to me. And she's and, pointing at Chris, not Kurt or me. Yeah. There's a lot of hotness in this room. We, she, she had to get specific on the hotness in the room because there's so much of it here. So if only you could see. You're, you're turning a little red, Chris. Three faces for radio. So that, that's really when our uh, introspective journey began. So when people hear about our book, Couples Money, it's not a financial book. It's really about how we created wealth from the inside out together. And our story, and it was in 2011, actually seven years from you know this next month that it, it, we published the book, we felt we had to share our story because the seven years that followed was a dramatic financial transformation, a dr dramatic shift in thinking. We learned so much from that and we feel like obligated to share it with other people that might be struggling. Right. So as you guys talk to couples real quick, um, needless to say, divorce is like it is now. Couples get together in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Sometimes they've been single for a long time, so they're kind of setting their ways of how they want to run the money. And then maybe the wife wants to run it different, things like that. So, I mean, where does it begin trying to get on the same page? You know, just with money. If, does one person handle all the bills? Is that a suggestion from you? And the other person gives the money and the other person handles everything? Is that an in, intertwined deal where you think both people should be responsible for bills? What's the best way to approach that? Well, you know, that's a two-sided question. Um, so to answer the question about who handles the bills, it really depends on the individual's personality style. And in our book, Couples Money, we have a little exercise for you to determine your personality style. Um, I am a controller, in case you haven't figured that out. <laughs> really? No. no. Tiny little bit of a controller. A little bit of a controller. Uh, and for me to not have control over the finances will drive me completely insane. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't share with Chris. I have It's complete transparency. I have a spreadsheet. We have a weekly meeting. I share it with him. So, but some couples, depending on their personality style, they share the responsibility, they come together. And, and so it's different mm -hmm. for every couple, but it does kind of boil down to the personality styles. Well, because you guys were so different from reading in your book, you were so different in how you looked at money. Where do those beliefs get, you know, founded in your personality? Where do they come from? <laughs> you want me to as handle they, that? As they look at each other. Well, no, I, it's, um, and I, I probably covered it last time I was on. I mean, in your first three to four years of your life, you know, you, you basically have no um, called you know, outer guard to accept or reject concepts. Right. 
And and so you can't, you know, like if I if I'm sitting here and we're we got this great view out here and I'm like, hey guys, the sky's, you know, orange. And if I sat here and, you know, gave you a five minute dissertation, the sky's orange, you're your conscious, unconscious mind, you're, you're going to have this this gatekeeper that's going to reject that concept. Right. So from zero to four, you have no gatekeeper. And so whatever your parents, teachers, outside, whatever they say around money, whatever they say around anything, you just accept it because you can't reject any concepts. That's the way it is. So that's where it starts. Right. And so, that, so for 96% of society, they have a negative thought around money. Money's bad. Rich people stink. It, that's where it comes from. And then what happens is we start collecting evidence of that. And most often people have a negative view, negative perception, negative relationship with money. And then they, they, they search out their environment to say, oh, yeah, uh, you know, there's People magazine and those people are rich and they're horrible people. And so and then we get programmed by movies and, you know, Titanic, like wealthy people are horrible. Right. And so all these movies that we watch. So Basically, what Marla did, she went out and interviewed 20-plus kind of multi-cajillionaire couples, we call them, that, that grew um, together. They started with nothing, and they grew their wealth together. And so at some point, most of us get programmed negatively around money. But at some point, we have to upgrade our beliefs. And that's what was happening with me was here I am, a CPM, a financial advisor. I'm telling everybody what to do. But my beliefs that I basically borrowed at age four, and if you look at my family, my mom's family tree, my dad's family tree, poverty, 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 poverty. Nobody ever questioned the beliefs around money. And so the, the, the purse-throwing story that we laugh at, um, the concept's called hypnotic rhythm. We get hypnotized around our beliefs. We don't even question them. We just get it at a young age, and the longer we think about it, the more those things harden and the more we think they're true. What the purse did was what woke me up to say, wherever I've had a money problem in my life, I've always been there. I better go to work to actually pull out what these beliefs are that I've been told for and living for 30-some years, and I need to replace them with healthier beliefs. And so that's where they come from. They, they came from my dad. They came from my mom, who, guess what? My dad passed away at 87, broke. My mom passed away at 64, broke. They worked their entire lives and never had any money. It's not because they didn't know what to do. It's just their beliefs didn't support it. So guess what I was doing? Exactly what I saw. Right. This ahead. is a special edition of Your Money Matters right here on Haystack Help Radio. We've got to take a short break, and we'll be back with more. If you've got questions, we'll open up the phone lines, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. What could you do with an extra $500, $1,000, or even $1,500 per month? How would that change things for you? Would you buy a new car, pay off bills, or just feel a bit more secure about your retirement? What if I told you there's a way to make your dreams a reality? I'm talking about trading and investing in the market. Now, before you say, oh, that's not for me, just hear me out. I want to invite you to a half-day trading course so you can check this out. I promise you, you'll go away smarter than when you came in. We here at Online Trading Academy sponsor this and will even send you home with a free home study video guide. Your money's doing nothing for you in a CD or mutual fund. Learn how to profit when the market's up or down. Call us now while seats are still available at 303-325-2776. Use offer code RADIO50. 303-325-2776. That's 303-325-2776. Hi, this is Scott Watley. 
Now, many times you hear your radio host like me say something like, let me tell you about my friends at, then we'll talk about a sponsor that we truly believe in and endorse. Well, in this case, let me tell you about a company that really is part of my family, Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. For over 13 years, we have trusted our furry family members to this wonderful staff. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they believe that all pets deserve to have a good life. And their goal is to help you keep your pets happy and healthy throughout their life by providing complete pet care services every day, all at one location. We love the Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center boarding lodge, and your pet will too. Your pet will receive one-on-one -on -one care and attention throughout their stay. Open seven days a week for your convenience. Check them out. Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, located at 8681 Lincoln Avenue in Lone Tree. 303-708-8050. 303-708-8050. Or check them out online at LoneTreeVet.com. Without changing your budget, own your home faster. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Many of our clients have learned to pay less interest to the bank, not change their spending habits, and own their home faster. Affordable Interest Mortgage has a possible solution. 720-895-0500. Does your current loan allow you to access your equity without refinancing for another loan at higher rates? Does your current loan allow your equity to make your mortgage payment without late fees or dinging your credit? At AIM, we have a loan that allows you those freedoms, all for 30 years. This could be the last loan you need. Pay off your home faster, pay less interest to the bank, access your equity when you need it, skip payments. Call AIM for details, 720-895-0500. If you're tired of paying all that interest up front on a traditional 30-year fixed, call 720-895-0500 and let us save you thousands. Home of the Asset Manager, locally owned and operated, where it is all about you, 720-895-0500. Regulated by door, NMLS 298-191, equal credit lender. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Haystack Help Radio, a special edition of Your Money Matters. If you're just joining us, Chris and Marlo Felton are with us. Couples money is our topic today, and we are talking about all things uh, that surround that with couples and their money. And uh, this show could probably go on about three hours. But yeah. I told Charlie before the show, I said, I don't know if I feel more like Dr. Phil or Oprah today <laughs> doing this. But, uh, you know, it's, it's things that just um, can destroy marriages, can destroy, you know, just a relationship when it just comes to money. It's it's a very, very touchy subject. It's I mean, I think it's worse as bad as religion or politics. If you're, you know, if you're liberal or a Republican, you know, the, the fight that you have there, yep. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's it's pretty tough because you need the money to survive and to stay together. So it's it's a tough one. One of the questions I want to ask, after you threw the purse at him three times and missed, <laughs> and he asked you this question, okay, do we still want to keep doing this? What did you guys do? What were some of the steps that you sat down and you did to start the process to get going? I mean, because I think a lot of listeners going, yeah, I'd like to sit with my husband, not throw a purse. I'd like to hit him with a bat. But how do we get started after we get that process going? Well, I always recommend the first step that is absolutely critical, and you'd be surprised how few couples actually do this, and that is to sit down in a time when you're not angry, when you're relatively relaxed and comfortable, and determine what your ideal life looks to, like together. I mean, what's your vision of the future, a year out, five years out, 10 years out, and really 
getting really clear about where you're going as a couple, what you want as a couple. And that's exactly what Chris and I did that next night, or that ne the day after that night, I threw my purse at him multiple times. And we had to get clear on where we were going. And then we had to figure out how much that life costs and kind of back engineer from there. And, and then, you know, from there, we come through our finances together. And, and really just that one thing of, has avoided so many arguments mm -hmm. since then, uh, financial arguments, because we can always point back to that. So we had determined that we wanted to buy a new house, you know, the next house. We were actually dream home. No, well, that was a few houses ago. It was we were actually <laughs> renting two dream time. homes ago. Two dream. <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of dreams, and they keep getting bigger. Uh, but we were actually renting at the time, and so we, you know, it, it was buying our our a real house, right. and so how much we needed to save for our down payment and all that fun stuff you know you know about, and you know, and, and then how much we wanted to have saved because one of the big things was I wanted some financial security because I did not feel secure and for for a lot of women that means having some money set aside um, because men and women have a tendency to think about money a little bit differently men are like oh, i'll just go out and make some more and women are like i need to have my little pile over here and i know where it is and it's all safe and cozy so that's kind of i'm not sure why i just did a high-pitched voice but so, <laughs> well, at least you didn't do the so, god so, so no i'm okay. sorry if i offended anyone but um yeah i'm sure you're sorry. anyway yeah. <laughs> anyway but yeah, just you know, get coming together on okay. Well, how much does that cost? How much would our new house cost? What would that, you know, how much we, do we need to save a month? And you know, and I actually came up with this fantastic. I'm going to share with you my best secret because I think Chris will say, and I don't know if he shared this with you last time. This is the most ingenious thing that I've ever come up with in our financial marriage, and you know what I'm talking about. You do, honey. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking just about. He's like, just say it. Spill it, woman. So, because <laughs> I was tired of this financial tug of war that was going on. It happens a lot with marriages, when, especially if you're not on the same page. But even if you have your ideal life and your vision and everything mapped up, we want to have this much amount of money saved. We want to live in this house and all everything all neat and cozy. There's still individual needs because at the end of the day, you're a couple, but you are still two very different and separate people with separate needs. Chris thinks my shoe collection is ridiculous. I believe it's a necessity. And I love my shoes, and he doesn't understand that. I don't expect him to understand that. But I came up with a really great idea because I was sick and tired of going and buying new shoes and hiding them in the trunk of my car. And ladies, I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I used to hide purchases from him because I was afraid of the financial tug of war that would ensue if he found out about the new shoes that I bought and how much I paid for my shoes because then he'd go out and play golf and buy drinks for everybody. And then, you know, it, it was just, it was just ri ridiculous. I call it the financial tug of war, which nobody wins that game. Sure. So I thought about it for a long time. I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And, and it's a, it's a disaster, potentially financially disastrous. So I came up with a fun fund. So we segregate funds. So maybe you've heard of segregating funds, and I believe it's so incredibly important to not have all your money in one spot that you segregate it. So we had an account. Um, each of us had. I created an account for each of us, and each month the same amount goes into each account, and we know exactly what it's for. And so if I go out and I buy something, I go and get a new suit or some new shoes, 
It doesn't matter. I can show Chris because he knows it came out of my fun fund. And same thing for him. If he goes out and does something that's not part of our household expenses, it needs to come out of his fun fund. And that has eliminated so many arguments and stress and frustration about, oh, God, he went out to play golf. What is he doing? Or he went to do, what is he doing? How much is he spending? Where, you know, and, you know, checking the checking account. What did he take out of there and all that? No, that, that's gone because of the fun fund. And I've shared that. We've shared that with you yeah, know, and hundreds you of couples. You mentioned that on, on the last show. Yeah. Like I, say, I love the fun the, fund. The freedom that that gave. Yes. You, you talk about shoes. And my wife likes shoes. I <laughs> questioned her one day. and I said, you have over 100 pairs. She said, no, I don't. I said, let's go upstairs. <laughs> we counted 112, and she didn't want to count sandals as shoes. I said, do you buy them in a grocery store or a sporting goods store? They, she didn't even want to count those. So she has a, a, a shoe fetish also, is what I call it. And she I just, like her. That's, go ahead, buy them. If that's what you want, go ahead. Yeah. So, But one of the other questions I ask, when... You, you guys are talking about this. You, in your book, you talk about money thermostat. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, I want to close the loop a little bit on that image and vision and all that. And, and you know, unfortunately, 96% of Americans retire broke. Yes. And it's because they don't really dream. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the dream machine get, gets shut off, you know. And so... When Marla and I sat down and, and we said, you know, it wasn't about the house. It was about some really gigantic things we wanted to do. And we just kind of popped the top on, you know, and, and we answered this question. I'm so happy, you know, I'm so happy with my life. I now see myself with. And it was just open-ended and, you know, we didn't worry about if it's possible. And one of our wealthy mentors said, hey, when you, when you dream, you set a big goal. It's not important that you believe at that point that it's going to happen. That belief will get created over time. And so that ability to sit down and then meet weekly and not just talk about the drudgery of bills and that, but like really let's live an amazing life and let's, let's think about it and let's dream about it. And then you do that and then you get back down to the, you know, kind of the one foot level of what do we need to do? And we need to be awesome with what's in front of us. And then taking that and, breaking that down into small bits and small pieces. Because what happens is people get really overwhelmed because they're like, how's it going to happen? How am I going to get there? But we were great about dreaming and then sitting down and going, all right, all we got to do is rock tomorrow and rock this next week. And then this constant communication between us um, and course correcting along the way. But it was just the compounding of small things over time, right? That, I mean, Agree, and that's what people need to do. They need to break this stuff down, small steps at a time. And I was going to talk to you about that. You talked in the book about small steps um, and small expenditures, how important they really become in making the financial marriage work better. Yeah, because one of our problems was I was like, okay, once I get the big client or once the big bonus comes, then I'm going to get my act together. Right. And it just doesn't work that way. It, it's it's it is small things cared for. It was the five and ten bucks here, and and just being mindful of having respect for money of all sizes. And and most people that struggle, man, they're just kind of waiting for it, and it never happens, right? Everything's every success is all small things cared for, and that's what we started doing. We started caring for the small things that we could care for, 
and that compounded into big things. Yeah, that uh, when I read that in the book, uh, I found it interesting because many years ago I started to see the little four dollars here for a cup of coffee or six dollars over here for a snack, and I'm like, okay, let's quit doing that and plan a little bit different. And all of a sudden now my account started having more money into it because I quit spending this what I call nickel dime quarter stuff. Yeah. So I had the money to do other things with it and make it work. I, so I thought that was very important. That a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Marla, were you always, um, I mean, growing up, were you just trying to figure out the mindset of being financially minded? I mean, were you always one to always, hey, realize the importance of money, saving some money, putting some aside, different things like that? Because as you said earlier, Chris, I think many times we grow up, different families, uh, I mean, sometimes the, the dad just worked, the mom stayed at home, um, you know, for us growing up. But, I mean, most of my friends, I, I mean, they never really got any kind of financial talks from parents and different things about save the importance of credit and all the different things so i mean let's talk about your dad yeah chris is happy because he's like oh here we go let's talk about daddy he's definitely not listening so thank god he's not listening well yeah so i got some real zingers from my dad growing up but the, the good thing about my childhood which was complete opposite of chris's childhood is i had complete financial security so I was fortunate enough to grow up in a household. Silver spoon. <laughs> Shut up. Silver spooner. Whatever. Mouth. Okay. So I didn't have a financial care in the world. My dad, he would call himself frugal. I would call him cheap <laughs> to an excess. He made great money and was so incredibly cheap. Like he went overboard with the nickels and the dimes, in my opinion, to, to where it was like hugely inconvenient at times and rude and embarrassing and all this. So I got a whole set of programs um, from my dad. So, you know, a couple things that happened there. One, I grew up with that sense of financial security and then I found out what it was like to lose it and I didn't like the way that that felt because I wanted I needed to have that financial security but unfortunately I never got a financial education so my dad even though he was good with money he never taught me thanks dad <laughs> so I never I never learned from him he never taught that to me you know we were girls he that was just not our thing my mom was a stay-at-home mom so it was a very traditional house and it was great it was awesome but the, I just I never got a financial education but a lot of things that my dad did um, with money about being frugal I now appreciate but in my mind it was embarrassing as a teenager and it was over the top and so a large part of my 20s when I got out of my own got out of college I spent doing the opposite I know that now I was it was unconscious to me right. at the time but unconsciously I was trying desperately to do, to do the opposite of what I saw my dad do because I was so embarrassed by it. And sometimes our desire to not be something can be more powerful than our desire to be something. And I was trying to prove that I wasn't cheap uh, that and all these kinds of things. And I almost completely went into financial ruin. I, I pretty much hit rock bottom, you know, in, around, around age 30 because I was spending so much money and being frivolous with money because I was trying to prove that I wasn't like my dad which is really scary but boy i snapped out of it really quick because it you know when you hit rock bottom <clears throat> financially it'll scare hopefully it scares some sense into you mm -hmm. and that's what happened and that's when actually when i got into the financial services industry was a few years after that when i'm like you know what i need to figure this out 
I, I just need to figure this out. All right. Real quick before our break, mm -hmm. you were talking about a special you wanted to do on yes. one of your signature talks. Yes. Um, you can access our signature talk, Chris and I's signature talk called Four Steps to a Financial Transformation. It's us disclosing the most powerful keys that we found during that transformation. And you can find it at couplesmoney.com forward slash transformation. This is Haystack Help Radio and a special edition of Your Money Matters. We'll be right back. Littleton Heating and Air Conditioning is proud of their 45 years of HVAC service to Littleton, Highlands Ranch, and Denver metro area. Littleton Heating and Air Conditioning is your Lennox and Carrier expert heating and air conditioning contractor. They are proud to offer the finest heating, air conditioning, and indoor air quality products with prompt and professional customer service and satisfaction. Call today and mention Haystack Help Radio and save $25 off any repairs or $100 off your furnace installation. Call 303-798-3880. That's 303-798-3880. 303-798-3880 for your appointment today. Littleton Heating and Air, A-plus members of the Better Business Bureau and official Haystack Help registered company. Ladies, I know you're tired of walking into the local gun store and seeing the same old thing. So let me tell you about Rampart Firearms. Just a quarter mile up Highway 67 off of Santa Fe and Sedalia, you will find a great selection of guns, ammo, tactical, and personal defense weapons. And if you or your spouse love to hunt, Rampart Firearms is a great stop for all of your hunting needs. Shotguns, rifles, pistols, anything from predator hunting to your next big game trip. Head to Rampart Firearms at the foot of the Rockies. Open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you will only pay a 4% tax on your purchase. RampartFirearms.com, 720-468-0050. That's 720-468-0050. You were injured in an accident. You went to the doctor and you thought your insurance would cover it. But that was before you realized how the insurance company actually works. And before you knew how long your pain would really last. So now you're stuck with a bunch of bills that you can't afford. And the nagging pain has been keeping you up all night, making you feel like you're going to lose your mind every day. You are not alone. There is an answer. Call Flesh and Beck Injury Attorneys. Flesh and Beck have the experience and the knowledge to navigate the complicated maze created by the insurance companies designed to minimize your claim. They will answer all of your questions and help you to determine if you are entitled to compensation for your pain and suffering. If you've been injured in an accident, call Flesh and Beck Injury Law at 303-806-8886 for a free consultation to find out if Flesh and Beck can help you get the compensation that you deserve. Do not try to navigate the maze of Medicare on your own because confusion can be costly. Group insurance analysts will lay out your options in a clear, thorough manner so you don't make a mistake. Unless you do your research, you could get stuck with a Medicare plan that doesn't work for you. As independent brokers, group insurance analysts will do the research for you so you get the best possible premiums. They'll check the networks so you keep your current doctor. And they'll find a prescription drug plan that provides the most coverage for your medications. You won't get this kind of personalized expert advice anywhere else. Furthermore, Group Insurance Analysts provides Medicare recommendations at no cost to you, the customer. Call today so that Group Insurance Analysts may put together an easy-to-understand report tailored to fit your needs in retirement. 303-423-0162. That's 303-423-0162. Got a question for the station? Email info at CrawfordBroadcasting.com. Now back to Haystack Help Radio. 
And we are back. You're listening to Haystack Help Radio. My name is Scott Watley, along with Kurt Rogers from Affordable Interest Mortgage. Your Money Matters is the name of our show each week, brought to you by Affordable Interest Mortgage. And our special guest today, Chris and Marlo Felton, Couples Money. And you can, again, you can go to couplesmoney.com slash transformation and catch one of their signature talks. And it is on the four... Four steps uh, to financial transformation. It's actually couplesmoney.com forward slash transformation. Okay. If you want that free signature Free talk. signature talk. Okay. All right. So check that and out. And if you're having a problem with conversing with your spouse, you should buy the book and kind of lay it around and let somebody else read it. <laughs> exactly. So at least you can kind of get them started. Right, just throw a few copies around the house. <laughs> you know, as you were talking about your, your, your the relationship you had with your father and what you learned from him, and then when you got out, you kind of flipped it and went to the other side. Uh, one of your chapters talks about the approval of money. Explain how that works, how, how, how money, how you spend it for that approval. Well, because at the end of the day, you know, there's that underlying money program that got embedded into us in, in childhood that we're completely unaware of. And so that's where Chris and I had to spend a lot of time, you know, thinking, you know, really thinking, asking ourselves some really deep questions to find out what was underneath there running us because it was subconsciously running us. And really our need for approval is, is a big one. And, and I've seen it, you know, because Chris and I have met with, you know, literally thousands and thousands of couples over the last 15, 19 years in the financial services industry. And we see people that really are seeking approval from other people. And, you know, Chris always says your need for approval will be the biggest check you ever write. And, you know, I'll sit there and, you know, people think they need this, they need that and all this. And I'm looking at their finances and I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And you're worried about keeping up with the Joneses. And I'll tell you, the Joneses are broke because I've met with them, too. So quit trying to keep it up with the Joneses um, because the Joneses don't have any money. It's <laughs> it's really a very small percentage of the population that has their finances in order. So the next time you look at someone and you think, oh, I need that because they have that and they did that, stop yourself because I will bet you nine times out of ten it did not make any financial sense. So there I said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we, ha we have a, a friend, uh, Steve Siebold. He's, a, he's a, a huge personal development guy, and his company interviewed 25,000 people that left their businesses or left direct sales or left your industry, Kurt, or whatever, and he right. asked them, he asked 25,000, he's like, do you have an approval need? And 0.2% said they did. 0.2%. <laughs> but but actually 50. that's but that but it's gigantic. Everyone's got it because yeah. that because at a very young age we we know if we do certain things we'll get approval and we'll get to you know take dad's car out or you know we'll get a, a extra allowance or whatever. And he said you know it's not fear of public speaking, right? It's the approval of other people that causes the fear of public speaking. He, was, he hired a guy to his whole doctorate on it, and we got trained on it. We went through an eight-hour seminar, and when they look at someone's brain that's on heroin and someone that's trying to get the approval of another person, the brain's the same. It, it's, he calls it approval addiction, and I had it in spades. I mean, I w had to look a certain way. I had to prove that I was successful, and it just came from... It served me for being an overachiever, but when I got really aware of it, we all have it. It's just when it starts running you, and it was running my buying decisions. If you're out there in sales or or whatever, just 
watch when you don't ask or you, you're not bold or whatever. Your approval need kicks in. So you never really get rid of it, but you become aware of it. Um, that's really one of the driving causes of why people are broke because they don't make enough money because they got an approval addiction. Or when they get it, they spend it because they have an approval addiction. I mean, we could do a whole show on that alone, but <laughs> it's it's a big one. And, and, and just so his study was just fascinating. Like, everyone had it. That's why they left their business because they got rejected. And they didn't realize why? that they had an approval addiction. Um, but once you make people aware of it, like, oh, I got it. And then you just become aware of it when it gets in your own way or you do stupid things financially. Um, but that, that was really the root of all my financial problems. I had an office I couldn't afford. We had a car, home. I mean, oh my, it was gigantic. <laughs> but once I became aware of it, now I'm aware of it, and uh, it doesn't get in my way. When I started reading your book, and, and the reason that chapter hit me, because I started to understand that I did have an approval addiction, because I'm starting to see some of the signs you talk about, and I'm like, well, yeah, I do that for that reason. You know, I might buy this because I want other people to think it's okay, that things are fine. And I, I, I think we... We have this approval. Nobody is going to, when, when somebody walks, how are your finances? You're not going to say, well, they, they're really terrible. I don't know how I'm spending my money correctly. You're not going to say that. Mm -hmm. So you're going to say everything's fine because you want that approval. Then you want to back it up. So I thought that that was quite important. But I, I kind of want to go back when you guys were originally talking and you sat down. How do you start that uncomfortable conversation besides saying it's over? to where you sit down and say, okay, we want to make this work. How do you start that conversation? Because I'm sure there's many listeners trying to figure out, okay, my husband does this. How do I open up the door for that? Or my wife does this. How do I, how do I sit down with that conversation and start talking about we need to change? We need to start looking at it as more of a, a marriage in everything we do. Mm -hmm. Well, it all goes back to that shared vision and really revisiting the shared vision and, and always starting there because a conversation that starts with finger pointing or blaming, uh, you know, that that's going nowhere and really easing into a money conversation with where are we going and focusing on the dream, the dream together, what that's going to feel like, what that's going to look like and really making an emotional connection. The reason I say a feel like is because it has to be the feeling for it to get really cemented in our subconscious for us to make any changes together, um, you know, with our spouse <clears throat> and, and, you know, going, getting down to, you know, the nitty gritty. So Chris and I have had, I mean, met, you know, what, 10, 11 years ago, we sat down and, and dreamt of going to Pebble Beach. I mean, we, he told me I had never been there before. He told me about the 18th hole. He described it to me, and I got that feeling. It's it's going to make me, like, I'm going to well up here just talking about it. Um, and he, we shared that feeling together, that dream of what that was going to feel like when we could afford to go to Pebble Beach and not worry about how much it was going to cost. Well, next month we're going to be on our, we're taking our second trip to Pebble Beach. And the first time we went, you know, because we just don't go take a vacation because it sounds like a great idea. Like, it has to make some financial sense, right, right, sure. right? And I wasn't really willing to go to Pebble Beach unless I knew, one, we could afford to take the time off, and two, that, you know, if you've ever been to Pebble Beach, it's, it's not cheap. And, you know, I wanted to be able to go there with complete peace of mind of knowing that well, we, we could do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, we, we tied a, I mean, the, 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 we, we tied a really big savings goal. 
And right. I mean, it was obnoxious and it seems so out of reach. Kind of goes back to what I said originally. Like, I'm like, I have no idea how we're going to do that. But we got focused on the first five grand, right? Because yeah. we we're at nothing. And, you know, we blew past that. But that was part of my, you know, morning ritual for 20 minutes was just sitting back and imaging, you know, waking up walking out to the 18th hole and watching the sun come up right and i've probably Im i probably imaged that you know a few thousand times before it happened and then eventually i was like all right that's going to happen but i didn't believe it was going to happen and you know and then i sat there you know journaling okay here's all the times you're going to come back so when we hit this and this and this and this and this and so we're going back because you know that's it, it, it's important. And so that's what we also learned was those goals had to become emotional where everyone tries to make goal setting logical. And you, you're not going to, you're not going to hit your, your dream life from logic. Um, you got to have logical steps, but there's got to be emotion. And, and, and going back to, you know, Kurt, you're saying, well, how do you guys even have that conversation? I mean, it's, it's basic caveman, cavewoman, right? Like the man wants to go produce, Right. And one of the wealthy mentors that, that worked with us for years, she said, you know, I tell him what I want. I make him feel like Superman and basically push him out the door, so to speak. Right. And so whenever he's lost, he goes to her and says, what do you want? And, and so what, what happens is couples like lose that. Right. Like the woman's job, you know, Marlo's a producer and she goes out and kicks ass and does a ton of stuff. But woman's job is to go, hey, here's kind of what I want, right? And make the man feel like you can do it. And we're, we feel safe producing. Women feel safe with security. And so what happens is lots of times the woman is, you know, tearing down the man sometimes. And it's like, well, you're not doing this and you're not doing that. You're not doing that. And that's where the fight is because they don't feel like they're out you know, tracking down the saber-toothed tiger and bringing home the goods, right? So they feel inadequate because they're not fulfilling their need of producing. So that conversation of Marlo saying, hey, if we had this much in the bank, that would make me feel great. Boom. All right. I got to go out and get the saber-toothed tiger, right? I need to go deliver. Now I have a compelling vision. I have a compelling reason. And you couldn't get me to spend money on anything for years because she told me what she wanted dude you don't want a purse thrown at you well yeah. she, but she she told me what she wanted and a lot of couples have these kind of superficial bs conversations around mm -hmm. the weather and all that they don't have these deep conversations about what they really really want so they make assumptions and all challenges in relationships are gaps in expectations well, and lack of focus, because we became so focused on what that benchmark needed to be for us to do whatever you know the, to buy the house take the vacation we knew what that number was and we were laser focused on that so we knew that anything as small as me going out and buying a latte at starbucks that was going to take me what four or five dollars away from my dream mm. small things it is small things and we were focused on it every single day and it started with the first five thousand dollars so we weren't standing there looking at millions of dollars we were like well let's just start with the first five and the that first, was the hardest the first latte you know the first lunch out that we really didn't need to do or the you know the happy hour that you know you know now i'll tell you we, we went on a huge financial diet 
and Chris says we, because we were so incredibly focused on our dream life, and we got that ship turned around so quick because we didn't want to waste one penny in the wrong direction. It was that important to us, and and we were no fun because we, I mean, we didn't do much of anything. I have a, the, I call it the taco story, <laughs> where it was Chris's birthday. And uh, I was like, honey, do you really need to go out to dinner for your birthday? I know it's your birthday and, you know, but it's, we stayed home and, and I fixed him tacos. He likes tacos. And I'm like, fine. We saved, you know, what, a hundred bucks or whatever on, on dinner. And we're going to redirect those dollars towards our dream because we were so focused. So being focused on it together and committed is. Either pay now or pay later. Exactly. And, and it's going to hurt much more you, later. Much more later. And you just, I mean, you feel better. And so you know, the financial diet, we call it the cash diet. So all that stuff that we were doing, I, I, I don't remember all those dinners. I don't remember, right? It was about making things happen and creating momentum and then spending the money that we set aside in our fund funds to go create an experience we'll never forget at Pebble Beach, right? I don't remember the hundred dinners we skipped or the hundred dinners that we had. Right. It was it was about creating those memories. And so you just feel better when you when you when you're uh, rocking and rolling and going after something. And, you know, we had a show yesterday, one of our financial planners, and he made this statement. Hope is not a strategy. No, you got to have a plan. Yeah. Very few things go well without proper planning. And you got to sit down with that plan. So real quick question. And I'll let Kurt finish up. Who are you seeing at these seminars? Um, you know, what type of backgrounds of people and then. It, second part of the question is it the wife most time driving them to come to the seminar or the, the talk or the guy the or, woman man. yeah, the, the, I, woman. yeah. The, the guys the guys usually like i got a colonoscopy i can't uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. without being any sedatives i can't i can't go there i don't want to hear those yeah, guys we we do see a lot more women that approach us for help you know women are more likely to seek help like that they're mm -hmm. they tend to i hate to stereotype but they do tend to be a little bit more open and the ones seeking the help. For sure. But yeah, we see couples from all walks of life, all walks of life and ages. Well, I think like you said, and I think sales is probably one of the biggest danger areas because when you're in sales, you want to walk in an office like you're king and you're on top of the world and your business is, you know, the best in the world and I, I think that's the easiest place sometimes to put on a mask, so to speak, of just everything being perfect when you're in sales. Yeah. 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 Okay. One of the questions that uh, we had kind of touched base on uh, with the small things is about, yeah, and again, I come back to your book because I really enjoy the book, um, infidelity, financial infidelity. How does, how does that work? Explain that one to me. Well, oh, that's a Marla. It okay. is, you know, and Chris and I have both done it. And that's really the reason for the fun fund is to stop the financial infidelity, um, because it can be as damaging, if not more damaging than sexual infidelity. Because if you think about it, we put a lot of emotion and energy on money where nobody walks around saying, oh, hey, I've got a ton of debt. I'm, <laughs> you know, we don't share that, but we're more likely to share wh whether or not we had sex the night before <laughs> with our coworkers for some strange reason. Um, so there's is just as much energy on it. And so when our spouse commits financial infidelity, spending money behind our backs and, you know, blowing unnecessary money that's ruining our goals and dreams, that can be as damaging to a relationship as 
as sexual infidelity, and it just erodes at the trust that's so incredibly important in a relationship. And that's why it's really important to, to you know, to avoid it at all costs and segregate money and be and really be transparent. It's like buying something and putting it in your trunk. Yes, kind of like that. So that was my form of financial yeah. infidelity was hiding shoes in the trunk of my car. And, yeah, yeah. we have got to. We're not uh, telling people what you paid for, telling your spouse what you paid for something. Yeah. Well, so you can always say, hey, something's $500. You paid 250 in cash, 250 on the card. That's right. And we come up with those. <laughs> it was two fifty. Yeah. And we're two fifty. Because we know it's going to be a problem on the other end. Wow. All right. Let's go over your special one more time. So our my special offer is a free download of our signature talk, Four Steps to a Financial Transformation. We share the four nuggets of what was the most important to our creating our financial transformation. So the website to access that is couplesmoney.com forward slash transformation. So, Kurt, uh, you wish you would have. I'm, I'm enjoying all, the book. I yeah. mean, as you can see, I write little notes in them, and I, you know, my wife and I talk about these things, and it's, it's giving us, you know, we're a little bit older than you. Not as old as Scott, but a little <laughs> bit older than you. So we've kind of come to terms with a lot of areas, but it's teaching us things on how to, okay, what do we want to do with what's left? You know, we got so much time. Where do we want to make it work? What's our dreams going to be? So we're starting to head in that. And, it, you know, it's just, it's, and, I, and I keep telling you, you really need to go out and get the book. It's a, it gives you some good basic things that if you can sit down and have that first conversation, it's very helpful. You talk about relationship with money, you know, that hoarding it, spending it. One of you explain that one to me. What's that mean? Well, I, it, it's a relationship. And, and, you know, in our seminars, we ask people, hey, you know, you know, take out a piece of paper and we bring up the word money. What's the first thing that comes up? You know, and it, it's usually negative. It's usually stressful or not enough or not enough. Or and it's this very deep scarcity mentality. And, and then we say, well, you know, if money was your friend, would money hang out with you? So if you viewed your friend as stressful, as angry, as, you know, all that stuff, uh, that friendship doesn't last. And so money goes where money's appreciated. Money's energetic. And so um, until you clean up your perception and your view and your relationship with money to where it's, it's positive, it's, it's, not, it's not going to improve, Right. And so you have a relationship with money like you have other relationships. And if you ignore it, if you ignore a relationship, what happens, right? If you avoid it, if you avoid a relationship, what happens? It's not positive. You're not going to have money. And so like any relationship, that's what I had to do. She had a positive relationship with it. I didn't. So I had to spend the time improving that relationship by looking at my perceptions, looking at my beliefs cleaning those up, replacing them with more positive beliefs, and therefore having a better relationship with money. And when that happened, guess what? Money wanted to hang out with me. You started to respect it. Started respecting, yeah. Healthy respect for, for, for money. money. And most people that struggle don't have respect for money. Right. Yeah. 60 seconds. Do you have any um, thought of a, a couple maybe that you've worked with uh, in the past of the story that uh, you can just, and again, course not names or anything like that, right. but, yeah, but just just hey this is kind of where they were this is what happened now they're kind of on their way to success with something oh you know we have tons of stories and 
you know, people, some of these people that we haven't even met that have, um, you know, downloaded one of our programs or followed us online and that come up to us at events and say, oh my gosh, you changed my life. You know, my husband and I were on the brink of divorce. I mean, we find this out after the, the, the fact um, this one couple in particular, they were on the brink of, of divorce, and we had no idea. Chris got up um, and was and did a talk, and he took one concept that Chris taught and mm. completely transformed their their life. Quadrupled his income. In yeah, and it saved months. and it saved their marriage. And then he plugged it. Him and his wife plugged into um, our uh, programs and followed us and the concepts that we teach, and they've completely turned it around. We actually just saw them on a trip um, about eight or nine months ago, and they're happy, I mean, their children, are, I mean, they're, and it's it's so awesome to see that, and to know that, I mean, he was literally sleeping on the couch, and they were. They showed up, but yeah. my talk, they were getting divorced. Yeah. <clears throat> it was it was a done deal. And that was probably six or seven years And it was an ago. hour and a half talk, and there was about a five minute concept that he just grabbed. Yeah. Yeah. These mentioned their kids, the and problem. I think real quick and wrapping up, I think if you can get this, it's going to pass down. Oh, absolutely. The kids, just like the negative yes. things pass down. Yeah, and that's so, so meaningful that they can show that great example to their kids. Sure. And their kids can live in that harmonious, uh, right. you know, home. Well, this has been a very fast yeah, first I, hour. We've got to do this again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Might be four or six weeks. What, can we get you back and do it again? Sure. You, sh you sure you want us? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I don't know about you, Chris, because you're too hot, but we definitely want more. <laughs> yeah. She did her she did her hair today just for radio. Uh, oh, okay. She came in with her hair done. I was like, honey, we're on radio. We're not on TV today. So. Good deal. Well, thank you guys for coming in. Thanks. It was a pleasure to see us. you. Chris and Marlo Felton, couplesmoney.com. Check it out. And again, affordable interest mortgage. Give Kurt and his crew a call if they can help you with mortgages. 720-895-0500. Check out our website haystackhelp.com. There you'll find a lot of great companies to do business with. And our helpline is always there for you. 303-333-HELP. 303-333-4357. Hope you have a great day and leave it right here on KLZ 560. The views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of Crawford Broadcasting, the station, management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.